Hello, ladies. The Big Balboski here. And right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of this. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery Jr. With me this week, uh, I believe a pairing we have never had before on the uh, on the show. Uh, my good friends, Ek Two Fly, Eric Trembicki. Hello, and. Uh, I almost said Mr. Wednesday Night Live, but that is not him. But it is Preptagon Jr., Josh Prepagina, making his first appearance on the Matt Madness podcast since officially becoming Daddy Prep. Daddy Prep. Prep. Papa Prep. First time on this show, I will congratulate you on the birth of Sadie Jade. Welcome back. We are thrilled to have you. Uh, how you feeling? I feel fantastic. I've wanted to come on like the last few weeks, but like I just can't let her go. Like just staring at her like till like midnight. But uh, I'd like to personally thank all the members of Matt Madness for uh, coming through and seeing Sadie Jade. Alo being there before the mm-hmm, birth of yeah. her, like literally an <laughs> hour before he left. Alo holding it down. He'll see her very soon. As soon as he gets back from Hawaii, I think we're gonna tra- take a trip to Delaware. He deserves it after coming through. So he does, but sh- she does love all her uncles. <laughs> yeah, she's a great kid already. Yeah, and Daddy Prep, a term that originated on this very podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's uh, a thrill to have you back. But uh, I'm a big believer in maternity leave and paternity leave, so I was not rushing you back. I wanted you to take your time. Oh yeah, I did. I, I got my time. I, I just put her down like before we even got on the call. Was she sleeping? No, she was wide awake. Okay. I had just gave her a bottle. Um. Well, yeah. Hopefully, one day uh, we thought this might be the week she'd be booked on the show. Not to be yet, but one of these days. Uh, yeah, I thought about bringing her down, but it's a little hot down here. Ah, uh, yeah. She doesn't need that yet. She's not equipped for that yet. Nope. <laughs> uh, subscribe on iTunes. Please leave a five star rating and review. Um. Over the weekend, Vince McMahon celebrated his 74th birthday, so I guess happy belated birthday to Vince. Um, Anything you have to say to him? Nah. (laughs) No, I don't think so. I think in a birthday salutations, he's keeping it it uh, professional. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I'm going to try. Uh, I was waiting for a promo. (laughs) It doesn't mean I won't have a promo at some point in the show. I don't think I will, but... As I wish but him a in the words of, birthday. In the words of Phil Brooks, mm-hmm. this place will be better off when Vince is dead. <laughs> and that's basically what I was trying to avoid saying, so you said it for me. Leave it to the co-host. We don't need to bury the host. <laughs> um, so first thing I wanted to ask you guys about, John Moxley uh, has the elbow injury, is officially on the shelf for now. Your guys' thoughts on how big of a deal is this for AEW? Uh, full, uh, 
I don't think it's completely negative. I mean, it, it sucks. Uh, they did a great job with a replacement, and I think at the same time, this helps build the feud that you're going to get with Ambrose and Moxley. Because if you saw, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Moxley and uh, Omega, mm-hmm. Omega's promo on being the elite was phenomenal. I mean, it's one of those things where you're not really sure. I mean, Omega's homegrown being the elite, homegrown AEW, this is him. He's supposed to be the babyface. But he played borderline a great heel with this promo. And I'm, I don't know if they're going to go with that Vince philosophy of, you know, there's no heels or faces. But, I mean, I thought I'm not the biggest Omega fan in the world, but I thought that promo was amazing. Uh, it made me hate him because of how evil what he said was. But it also made me love him because it was so good. Uh, I look forward to the match when, whenever it happens. And I think this is going to give more layers to it. And I think it also sets it up for it, it shouldn't be a one-off because whoever wins needs to win again. Yeah, so like my my feeling is like I'm kind of torn. I'm on two sides of it. One is that they're almost lucky it happened now because there's so much interest in them and – they're like so hot at this point in time that if they were ever going to have to do a show without him, it might as well be this one where everybody's already fully invested in it anyway. But part of what got a lot of people really fired up about them was, you know, Moxley's uh, entrance, like him joining, him signing up, him leaving WWE to join them. So like part of it is okay. Part of it sucks. Prep, which side of it do you fall on? Do you think this is that big of a deal or not really? I don't think it is. I mean, Moxley, I I do think that he'd bring, like, that casual WWE fan in. But you also have maybe the biggest star to ever leave the company in Chris Jericho there. So I think that's pretty much covered. If if people want to see WWE guys, you have him. And then you have, you know, Ty Dillinger for the hardcore (laughs) NXT fan or whatever. Right. But I mean, honestly, let's let's be real. AEW sells itself these this first probably whole year, right? And that, like that's kind of that's mostly the side I'm falling on. Is like it sucks to not have him. It sucks to lose that, like that guy. But they're they almost have like a honeymoon period right now where everybody's just gonna buy everything they sell for for now. Yeah, and I mean, I might be wrong, but. I'm pretty sure that, that this pay-per-view, like, the tickets were sold before the match was announced. Right. So, <laughs> right. so who cares? Like, it's all your fault for buying a blind card anyway. So yeah. and if, our, it, if you're really bothered by it. And they're pretty much selling everything out in, like, a half hour anyway, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I don't, it's I think been they're... proven that it's, like, scalpers mostly buying mm. the tickets. Yeah, but... the, the fourth and fifth... Um, Live events, I don't think have sold out yet. Um, the southern states, I think they're they're fifty percent, if not more. But I think also like there's no match. I think they already have announced that quarterfinals of the tag team title tournaments will be going on during those shows. And I think after all out, they're expecting there to be a big increase, depending how good all out is of those shows selling out. And, and there is one champion that could be put on both those shows, 
that'll sell all the tickets, and that is Nick Aldis. <laughs> Friend of the show. I didn't see that's where you were going. <laughs> but I like it. Yes. Um, I don't think it's going to happen, though. He no. said in an interview that. I just they, said it as a yeah. joke. <laughs> well, good, good pop, good pop. You know that Budweiser over there might be having you talk crazy. So can I make my first ever negative comments about AEW? Well, you've always yeah. complained that uh, Roman doesn't work there, but continue. <laughs> so I pretty much have fully supported everything they've done, have been excited about everything they've done, and I am 100% like behind them and want to see them succeed uh, and believe that they will. But... I think that they it, now it's not a big mistake, but I do think it is a mistake. Why do they need to hire Tony Schiavone? Like because they knew that you were positive the whole time. <laughs> my feeling is this: like, obviously, part of me really plays up my WCW hatred to a degree that's more than it actually was, and I don't have any ill will towards Tony Schiavone. But that's I what I was just it, about to ask. I'm kind of confused with the. But the way I look at it is one of the things I've been talking about is like not trying to be another wrestling company. And like, why do you need that guy? Like, to me, he's a voice from another place. Like, start. But he's not a guy from WWE. But he's like a guy from wrestling past. My thing is like, start going in your own direction. You don't need to to keep going back to the well. Like, it's one of the problems with wrestling. They keep like recycling the same shit over and over again. Like,. Is Tony Schiavone going to get anybody excited? No, no. If, if Tony Schiavone is getting you excited, I feel really sorry for you. Like you have nothing going on in your life if you're excited about <laughs> Tony Schiavone. So to me, it's like why bother? It's like just getting a voice we already know, we've already heard, has already been associated with the business for you know thirty plus years. I just don't see what the what the appeal is or what the reasoning for it is. I think my theory for signing him that i know he's happy because i know he works for mld mlw and other companies and he's still able to do all that um aside from that the the good thing with him is cody and i don't know if you could include the bucks of this but i know tony khan has always referenced the the laughs fan and the laughs fan always goes back to 01 when wcw wasn't there and it's either new york or nothing and if you're not watching the Federation, you're not watching. You're not watching wrestling. Wrestling doesn't exist. So the cool thing is if you are the opposite of you in 01 and WCW goes out of business and that's your company and you try to watch WWF for a couple months and it doesn't hook you and then you just give up on pro wrestling. And then maybe you try to watch TNA and that doesn't really do it or maybe it does it for you for a little bit and then you just – never really give in on the Federation. Tony's a voice you loved in the South. It was a voice you loved in WCW, and now it's back. I mean, I guess the other coin, the other way I try to look at it, if me at however young I was when the invasion and WCW and ECW went out of business, imagine if it was the opposite and I had to watch WCW and I wasn't big on that. And then I never watched it again. And then a new company comes out 18 years later and they sign JR. <laughs> wow, I can listen to JR again. Good God almighty, he's broken in half. Like, I can hear that again. I mean, I don't associate with Tony Schiavone like that, but 
I've heard some of his stuff he's done with like the AEW YouTube stuff and what he's done or an MLW for a few matches I've watched. So I, I don't hate his work. I like him more than I like Michael Cole and everyone knows I'm not a fan of him. So (laughs) I'm open to it. Yeah. Prep. Like obviously you have way more of an affinity for like that era of WCW than I do. Like is Tony Schiavone somebody that like gets you excited? No, but uh, the point I want to make is I think that this is AEW's first time kind of showing their ass and, like, <laughs> responding to, like, fans complaining. Because, like, Alex Marvez was always a topic of, like, people's complaints for, like, their uh, their shows that they've had. So the commentary, like, they haven't been happy with it. Now, overall, they haven't been happy. Like, nobody really is is happy that JR is there. They think he kind of seems lost, but... And, and that's is, something, like, I felt like he's always been good. Yeah. Prep, you've seen as much of AEW as I have. Don't you think, like, I mean, has work honest, not been on it, or...? So, watching wrestling, like, I've learned how to kind of tune out commentary, <laughs> especially, like, when you start to go to live events, you kind of just, like, not really listen too much. Mm-hmm. So, or, because they don't have commentary. There. Right. But for me, it's like, all right, well, we gave JR this huge contract, so we're not going to get rid of him. This Alex Marvez guy, maybe we'll have him do, like, our secondary show, and then he can work on, like, production or something till then. But you think it was them, like, trying to appease people? I, I 100% think it was them trying to appease people. And do you think people are appeased or will be appeased? I I haven't seen anybody who's like happy about it, and then I'm confused because like he still works for MLW, <laughs> and MLW like put out a statement where they're like, oh well he's gonna continue to work here, but like he's kind of old, so like that's a rough schedule. I mean I know MLW tapes their shows, but we'll yeah, see. to me it just seemed a little weird, and my feeling is like start cultivating your own voice and not just go with the voice and i i guess it makes a little bit of sense because they like cody and those guys do have a reverence for history like otherwise the the whole nwa title and the nick aldis storyline wouldn't have been such a big deal to them so i guess in a sense i understand it uh and you know what aaron's favorite triple h did once say you know look what did he say look to look to the past look to your family (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> gets yeah. there. Well, exactly, because I was going to say, I mean, aside from JR, in the business, I, one of Tony Schiavone's closest people probably was Dusty Rhodes. I mean, Cody's probably like family with him. It's probably yeah. like, it's like that uncle that ain't your uncle. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, well, you guys at least gave, like made me look at it from a perspective other than my own, which is like, why do you need this guy? Um, yeah, and I know like a lot of like, like what Prep just said. A lot of internet wrestling fans like hated Jr. for his New Japan work, yeah, and not being a New Japan advocate. But his AEW work, in my opinion, has been way better than what he did in New Japan. I think so too. I think he's been really good with AEW. Um, so I'm going to ask you both this question. But I'm going to start with Prep because Prep, you haven't been on in a while. And I don't know, like, how engrossed you've been in the world of wrestling lately. Like, I know, obviously, you have fatherhood on your plate now. You have your boy Elroy that you do weekly. You have a lot of MMA to go over. 
is there anything that you're like excited about in the world of wrestling right now? I mean, I'm still like a fan. I, I want to see everything like succeed and be good because we put so much time into it that why would we want it to be bad? And even like being a father, luckily right now, like the baby's so small that like I can watch Raw or SmackDown and like literally just like have her mm-hmm. in my arm. Like <laughs> if she has to eat, it's not a big deal. Like the bottle's right there. Like so it's it's not something that will take me away from spending time with her. I miss that. I, I believe WrestleMania 30, the first half of it, I had Valentina under my arm. <laughs> just rocking. Um. But, like, is there anything you get, like, excited to watch? Is there anything that you specifically think is good or interesting? Listen, this weekend is, like, a year from, like, the one-year anniversary of my favorite wrestling weekend of all time. <laughs> what are we there for? Like, <laughs> like, so I'd be dumb not to be excited to watch this weekend. You know, I mean, SummerSlam, like, all these WWE cards recently, like, their pay-per-views, for the most part, have been good shows, you know, decent matches. Smack like I've enjoyed certain matches on SmackDown recently. Anything Buddy Murphy's done has been a lot of fun. Hey. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Bryan's promos have been fantastic, you know. And like I like the Kofi stuff. Like there's there's stuff that I am excited for, but I think things will really get shooken up once like AEW gets a weekly show and then that Fox deal starts because you know they're gonna come hard out of the gate. You know, that that first week they're pushing for that nostalgia pop with, like, Stone Cold and, like, other people being there. But, you know, the weeks uh, after that, there are certain things, like, that they're going to have to do to kind of engage an audience. And even with the NXT thing, like, I'm so mad that I wasn't here last (laughs) week because I had such a good point. Like, at least in my head, I thought it was, like, a good thing that NXT could do that third week mm-hmm. to kind of, like, try to overtake AEW. So, I don't know if, like, now's the time to bring that up or we can wait till later. No, I think it's the time. Better, better now than never. I'm curious. So, what is, like, like one of the biggest things that uh, NXT has right now is that women's division with, like, Shayna Baszler being, like, that dominant champion. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, who haven't we seen since WrestleMania? Sasha. Besi- uh, another woman. Oscar. <laughs> no. We've seen her. Uh, Ronda Rousey? Ronda Rousey. <laughs> okay. Ronda Rousey has ties to three females that are in NXT right now. So who better to bring back that third week to have a match than Ronda Rousey on NXT? I mean, that is pretty uh it's pretty smart and uh, like to me she's been like out of my mind completely like she's never even crossed my mind as somebody who will ever be back uh i mean she's still under contract though like i'm not even like oh i want to see ronda rousey like but even i recognize like the uh the star power per se right like her, her her star power may not be what it was last year or two years ago but like she has a following and there are people that care about her and there, there's forever a pop value her. about that name yeah mm-hmm. you can I mean, tell someone that doesn't like wrestling or never liked wrestling and say yo ronda rousey's showing up on the Wednesday, the new wwe wednesday show this week oh wow really what's she gonna do <laughs> and they're gonna tune in 
Yeah, that is a good point. That is because that's well, one of the if things. If they're not going to tune in, they're going to ask you how it was. Yeah, that's one of the things I said to Aaron last week. Is like, how many of those rabbits can they pull out of their hat? Like, how many stunts can they pull to get us to watch? And that that's definitely one that I didn't even consider. I, I love Prep's idea right there. Uh, Eck, what are M- you? Meltzer going to be paid to think of something that intelligent. <laughs> Eck, what are you excited, like most excited about in the world of wrestling right now? Well, I just sent in a, a text, yes, for the listeners. I did just text my co-host. Um, I'm drinking a beer from Chicago, mm-hmm. so paying homage to where I was just about one year ago to the day. Uh, I'm very excited for All Out. I'm very upset that Moxley's not in this match. Um, I think they did the right thing by – I think the minute I saw that they already announced that it was Pac, I thought they should have waited to being the elite, and especially because a day or two later, being the elite, excuse me, they um, played the episode off like we didn't know, and then they just said, boom, it's Pac. I think it would have been better if it was announced or in the episode, but I think they would have got more heat from the fans if they didn't wait, or I'm sorry, if they did actually, in fact, wait. Um, So I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing what all... Uh, all out looks like are we going to get the stage we got for the three aew events this summer are they going to pay homage and redo the all-in stage uh obviously it won't have the bullet club logo um that arena is not going to be the same without me i swear <laughs> uh, are they going to have more beer options than two piss light beers and is it going to be vodka lemonades galore um yeah aew all out this weekend I'm very looking forward to it. I didn't even think like we should be uh, previewing, I guess, the card on that. But that's what I'm looking the most forward to. Uh, there's so much special that's going to come out of that. Think of the surprises we got last year. They know. Tony Khan, Cody, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, they all know they have to outdo what they did last year. I think borderline in the bottom of their heart, except for Tony Khan, they all probably think what they did last year in September was better than everything they did this year, maybe, and they got to outdo last year. They're not even thinking of double or nothing. They're not thinking of fight for the fallen or any of the other things they've done. They're not thinking of being the elite or the press conferences. They're thinking of all in and how did they beat all in. So that that's the most exciting thing in wrestling. Well, it definitely is. Prep, do you think there's any chance they could outdo last year? A hundred percent. Not without me. I mean, yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, besides, besides us being there. <laughs> so I guess for me, the the one worry I have, and you know what, this is a worry I had about the women's Royal Rumble. Like they did it the one year, and year two, I was like, how can they match that? Like it was the first one. We got to see all these people we hadn't seen in years. It was like this exciting event, and you know what, year two was like just as good so sometimes i think i get really wrapped up in the very first time you do something is going to be really hard to match but i guess like these guys are all smart they're all talented they've been planning for this for a long time already so you have to believe they could at least match it but i would love to Uh, see them exceed it i would love to see them get even more buzz than they got last year uh i don't see how they don't they seem to always impress me. And I, I got to point it out, I, if I didn't make it clear in the group text this week, I think this is the, the best episode of being the elite in a long time. I mean, Aaron and everyone, we've all mentioned how, like, 
Yeah, the weekly being the or AEW show. I'm not even sure is the name even definitive yet, mm-hmm. but the AEW TV show isn't going to be guaranteed that every week is gangbusters. Every week is wow, the best television I ever watched. And eventually, being the elite got to that point. After it was a little over, like I would say from like episode 55 to 105, I was like, wow, it's better every week, better every week, better every week. And then those early hundreds, I was like, eh, I've seen better, eh, I've seen better. And then there'd be like a good part here, and the other half I thought was fluff. I still always want more. This week I thought was one of their best ones in a while. They did a great thing. You know, they built a mid card match, a lower card match, and it was comedy how they got there. Um, Kenny's promo, which I addressed earlier, mm-hmm. I thought was phenomenal. And I thought the uh, meeting of the minds to announce Neville Pac replacing Ambrose Moxley for the Kenny Omega match, I thought that was great. So I thought being the elite was really good. And I just, I hope at the same time, I hope being the elite can continue to just get better every week. And yeah, I hope everyone enjoys that show uh, this weekend. Uh, Getting into a little bit of WWE and something I obviously have been excited about for a while, I think all of us. Uh, The Fiend. So Bray Wyatt, The Fiend... Last week, I was borderline raving about how WWE has done such a good job of like being restrained with The Fiend, like not shoving it down our throat, not overdoing it, not overusing it, not taking away the excitement of it. And then yesterday, I see a thing on Twitter saying The Fiend facing off against either Braun Strowman or Seth Rollins in a Hell in a Cell match for the Universal Championship. And it's like, what the hell? Like, how do you just jump right into that with, like, no story that's building towards it? Like, I was immediately just, like, turned off by that. I was immediately put off by that and disgusted by it. Uh, Do you guys feel similarly to me? Like, do either of you even want to see him in a title match at this point? Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I feel where you're at. We've had one match with him. And then he's already advertised right there. I would like to see him terrorize the roster. Um, you know, fantasy booking. I wish he could go and make one of the irrelevant titles relevant. Not that the world titles really have been relevant. So mm-hmm. I guess I wouldn't hate it. I just wish he would go for another feud first. Or well, not even necessarily a feud. I wish he would just go and squash a few, for, uh, a few more people. He squashed Balor. Why not squash someone else that maybe needs some time off? Yeah, Prep, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, if it's... I kind of dig the idea of them just, like, putting the title on him if he just has, like, sporadic appearances. Like, but I'm kind of contradicting myself because, like, I hate when they do that with uh, (laughs) Brock. But, like, I feel like for The Fiend, that's the way to go. Well, with Brock, though, that was, like, years of us having that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's not like the, if the Fiend is doing that, we probably, you know, if anything, maybe that Brock's lasts been, until WrestleMania or something. Brock's been in the title picture for five years. And anniversary, anniversary mode, five years straight. SummerSlam fourteen. He's he's been here ever since. And that first title reign he had was what, like ten months? Maybe not eight that at, long. Eight, eight at least. It was from SummerSlam to WrestleMania. 
and then he just had a, a reign of well over a year being on TV almost never. I, like, but prep, like, you don't, like, if you picture The Fiend with the Universal Championship, that doesn't, like, seem weird to you? I mean, I don't, I don't think he can do wrong right now, though, so probably not. Just like, something about it to me seems off. Like, I get it, but for me, it's like, they can't really mess this up right now. So so why not? <laughs> so why not? And, I mean, maybe an unpopular opinion, maybe a popular mm-hmm. opinion. Like, I think it it's definitely the booking, but, like, Rollins isn't it right now. I, I definitely wouldn't say that it's a popular opinion, but I don't think it, there's many people that could just disagree with you because I think that's true. Yeah, it's just not – it's just not right now. It's not working right now. What What do you think it is? Like, do you think part think of it is – I think it's his personality. Like, yeah, he doesn't have the character to, to be thriving the way we would like him to. Yeah, I'm just kind of sick of it, like annoyed. Like, they ruined well, him with the whole Becky thing. Because he just became, like, Becky's boyfriend? He's the man's man, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wish they wouldn't have done that. Well, now they're engaged. Uh, congratulations to them on that, by the way. I don't know if we mentioned that. That heel turn could show. always save his life? 100%. That's why I said it's it's more the booking than him because he's having good matches. And, you know, but his promos are, like, borderline unbearable yeah well i i agree with that and i i think he's like he's in a tough spot because i think where he thrives is like he thrived as being a heel like his character as a heel was good even though he lost all the time uh i think he was like way more interesting and entertaining as a heel and i think this is just a tough spot for him right now do you think the fiend gets involved in their match yes that's the way i think it ends but then does that bother you because that becomes like bray wyatt 2000 what 16 all over again yeah like that's what i'm worried about i i think that the him being the champion doesn't bother me as much as the idea of them making him the champion without like a story and an idea already in place. And I don't believe there's any chance that like this was their plan with him all along to have him come back and have one match and then be the champion a month and a half or two months later. There's no way. I think that they, somebody theorized, I don't remember where I saw this, but that they're not selling tickets the way they would like to, or they're worried they won't sell tickets. So they just told the arena or whatever, tweet this out and see if it helps with ticket sales. Like, are they now already relying on him to sell tickets? They should be advertising our truth if that's the case. <laughs> and do, do you think that Bray Wyatt in this form is a ticket seller yet? Or do you think it's just something like that we get excited about because it's new? I think it's just something that we get excited for. Yeah, like I don't because look it's, at that. I don't, in that I don't think he sells tickets. He's not gonna sell tickets. He, he's not. I don't think he's because. And you guys chimed in on about this last week. I don't think he's selling tickets. Whereas, like little Jimmy's running up to mom and dad. Hey, hey, uh, 
Bray Wyatt's Fire Funhouse is coming this month, and for the pay-per-view, he's challenging for the title. Can can we go? Can we go? Can we go? Because kids are supposed to be scared. It's you, me, and Prep. We're supposed to be like, yo, the Fiend's challenging for the title? I, <laughs> I'm there. It's us that's supposed to be flocking for the title. Or, I'm sorry, or flocking for the Fiend in the title picture. I mean, I hope for the best, because, like, I have loved this from the very beginning. I've had high hopes for it. I've really enjoyed pretty much everything they've done so far. So like, I want it to work out and I want him to have a better run this time than he's ever had before. I just really worry that like, they don't really know what to do and they don't know what they're doing. And eventually way sooner, this is going to get stale than it should. Like, that's what I'm worried. Like, I feel like they should be able to get a solid, like 18 months out of us being really excited about that. I think if they don't water down his entrance, this stays hot for a while. Because you know, you know they they like took his lantern away, I think already, and then they hid it from like the YouTube video. So if they don't like pull away, pull away, pull away, I think with as good as his entrance is, this stays hot no matter what. Well, I hope so, and. Honestly, give him if, one belt, give him two belts, give him no belts. I think he stays hot. And if he is in a championship match, he has to win. There's no oh. way he can lose at all yet. And, and as me, the guy from years in the past, starting this podcast, not a fan of Bray Wyatt. I'll tell you, the first time he challenges for a belt, doesn't matter if it's a green 24-7 title. <laughs> Or if it's going to the cemetery and finding Bruno San Martino, any belt in between, he can't lose. Yeah, it cannot happen. Um, Sasha Banks comes out and cuts a promo basically telling us why she is the way she is right now. Uh, escalation it's not because of you? Feud. Apparently not. Or if it is, she's not willing to say it on TV yet. And it's Check not, the DMs. Check the not, other folder in the DM. It's not my place to say it in public first, so hey. I won't say that. Um, but so I saw the fanfare about this promo on social media before I watched it. So I watched it expecting like greatness, and I didn't think it was as good as people made it out to be. I'll tell you, if it sucked. If it's okay, or if it was good, Becky, with one tweet, buried it. Now, what did she say? Something along the lines of, too bad you can't use emo meme quotes to do a promo. <laughs> yeah, like, like, did you guys think it was good? Did either one of you, do either one of you agree with me that it kind of was more made about it than there should have been? I thought her cadence wasn't at her best. I don't think her whole the way she carried herself, um, the deliverance wasn't wasn't there. I didn't hate it, but she could she could have done better. She's had I better had, promos, and I respect everything this woman does for the industry. But it was no Natalia promo, so it wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the worst women's thing on WWE television this week. So for that, it gets a passing grade. <laughs> the match for the listeners at home, though. Prep, what was the worst women's uh, segment at home? Dude, Lacey Evans versus Bailey might be one of the worst matches of the year. 
Uh, I, I turned I turned my phone off. I was at work. That was starting. It was god awful. Yeah, I didn't hear good things about it. No, hold on. Was is that to both people's credit? Now we all know I'm the Bailey Mark of the cast, but was that because Lacey Evans wasn't good, or is that just both? It just. I mean, they didn't have chemistry, but Lacey Evans particularly was, like, yo, she was hitting Bailey hard as shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and then like you could see you could see Bailey just like I think she was talking to her during the match, and like I heard I heard like Bailey you know Lacey still knew so Bailey was like walking her through the match and like you hear Bailey like even John Pollock post uh, talked about it on post wrestling like Bailey scream hip toss and then they do hip toss <laughs> like remember um. Like Shinsuke now, Shinsuke now. Like that's what it reminded me of. Um, that's really funny. Now, were you reacting to these hard hits the way you would during a UFC fight, or no? No, that was no Jorge Masvidal knee. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I did think Sasha and Natty's match was good, if for no other reason than I really liked the finish. I liked the creativity with the bank statement that they showed. And I like that Sasha clearly has like no remorse at this point. So there, there is promise here. I didn't think the promo was as good as people made it out to be. It wasn't as good as I would have liked it to be, but I'm happy with the place that she's in. I think this is the place she needs to be. And I think you can see that she actually, Alo loves to say like, you can tell when Randy Orton cares or when he's invested you could definitely tell that she, like, cares right now and that she's invested. So, maybe the reason why your, like, wrestling fandom the last six years has returned is because of her. But, you know, has this, like, given you pause to watch more? Like, like are, you, are you more inclined to watch now that she's back? Yeah, like... And, and don't get me wrong, I'm not sitting here like, oh, I can't wait to watch Raw next week. But it gives me, like, another thing to be like, oh, this is something I want I want to see. Like, if she does something, I want to see it. So now we have a few things. We have The Fiend. We have The Return of the Boss. We have uh, the 24-7 Championship. Like, those are three things that I'm fully invested in with WWE. Um and I don't know the last time I had three things that I actually cared about all at the same time on WWE. 95. Yeah, 95, when those Air Maxes were new. Like, I, uh, yeah, it's been a while since I cared about that many things on Raw at the same time. Um, or on in WWE at the same time. Yeah, Bailey, unfortunately for her, like, do you think she ever gets, like, a really good run? in WWE like or do you think NXT will always be her pinnacle I think she loves the company so much she loves the industry so much she's she's bound for a notable run at some point or do I either of you even think she's had a notable run yet like because I feel like she everything she's done has been forgettable on the main roster yeah main, main roster I think has been forgettable but I think something happens and maybe in a sick world one day there's a um there is... Are you gonna say one day she won't be a huggy anymore? I think one day, she, yeah, if she drops the ponytail. I mean, <laughs> I, 
Every everyone always remembers everyone's heel turn. Do we Think get everyone... like Bailey rebellious teen? Do we get like rebellious teen Bailey? Man, watch her kayfabe and stop liking fish sticks. Like smoking a cigarette. Or... <laughs> Yo, if she smokes a cigarette, that'd be dope. <laughs> I'm just I'm picturing Joey like... Janela on him. Twenty eight years old, never had a cigarette in my life. Bailey comes out smoking a cigarette. That's dope. I'm just picturing, like, what's the most cliche, like, rebellious teenage girl thing to do? And, like, I could, yeah, like, are we going to see her drinking alcohol and having a cigarette? Like, I don't know. Mm. Should be out there with a white claw and a cigarette. That is Joey Janela. Yeah, I I just, like, I don't have any faith that that they can actually make something work with Bailey because they just haven't been able to do it. And for whatever reason, I don't think she connects with the main roster crowd the way she connected with NXT. Like, Prep, do you have any hope for Bailey having, like, a memorable hugger, like, championship run or anything? I think they it's too deep now. They went too far. But like X said, like, a heel, chain, or a heel turn can really change everything. I always told you how I envisioned it. She's just in the ring, right? Mm-hmm. And out of nowhere, she just stops and just... Pulls the pony out of her head and throws the scrunchie into the crowd. It's a wrap. I mean, I would love to see that. It's very dramatic. That's a great visual if, if we ever get that. Um, yeah. I've been saying this on the show for, like, at least a year. Yeah, it's been a while. So the only other thing I have, like... Oh, no. I have a couple more things. One, the Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, Eric Rowan thing... I will agree with what Prep said at the top of the show. The the promo Daniel Bryan cut, I guess, earlier in the day on Monday or Tuesday, I thought was incredible. I think he has, like, really grown into this character, and I think he's doing – I mean, would you say he's almost doing some of the best work of his career yeah, right now? I think right now he's proven he does not need to be around a title to be relevant. And isn't that kind of – almost the place anybody wants to be where like you matter more than what they're doing with you. Yeah. I think, yeah, that should be everyone. I think everyone should reach the pinnacle and then still matter afterwards. Yeah. So by prep. Not, not being around the pinnacle. You know so what I mean? prep was watching WWE product all along. As far as, as far as I can remember prep story as a wrestling fan. So you saw more of like the full body of Daniel Bryan's work than I or Eck have seen like do you rank this up there with like among the best work he's done uh yes so i mean his his heel run before this was kind of like a joke Mm -hmm. so you know with the what was it eight second loss and like the no thing like but this like serious heel character is just so far above like where it's placed on the card. I mean, it's a main event program now, but like with no title involved. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, um, I think I've it's really enjoyed impressive. this more than his heel run as world champion. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what? As far as I'm concerned, what heel run as <laughs> world champion? His shirt this week was so good too. What did say? I didn't see it. No, it's a sloth with like the Wolverine claws. <laughs> so while this may be the best work that he's doing, are you like invested at all in this story? Like, is this a good story? 
It's not a good story, but Daniel Bryan makes it good. So he makes it like he's squeezing the most out of it. Exactly, yeah. Like, if it wasn't for Daniel Bryan's promos, this story would be shit. And is Roman adding anything to it? Uh, Besides, like, a good match with Buddy Murphy, no. He's just, like, the lead role in, like... Like, the co-star is the star in this movie. (laughs) Uh, Eck, your feelings on this story? I mean, so, I guess here's my big thing, since I didn't miss SmackDown, so, or I did miss SmackDown, you guys... (laughs) I was going to say, wow, we're just going right into a lie. (laughs) What what did, uh, is there any news with, like, did Roman, did, did he admit that he did it? Is Roman apologized to them? What happened? So, like, to me, I, I don't know. Like, there's something I'm probably missing in the puzzle. Well, He showed, like, a clip, like, a video clip of, like, it was supposed to be Rowan in a hoodie. Like, when the first accident happened, like, the stage and thing. And they're blaming it on the other guy. No, well, Daniel Bryan was like, oh, Rowan, you're a liar. Like, I hate liars. And I was, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, you should have <laughs> just went back to complaining about the other dude. Oh man! Uh, so so this is getting bad. Now I'm lost. Well, just that, but I mean, like Daniel Bryan before that was shining, and then like, like Vince is like Vince is like, oh, this is too good. Let me just shit Screw on it. it. Well, yeah. apparently, uh, if reports are to be believed, he ripped up the SmackDown script on Tuesday. What, five, eight weeks in a row. Yeah, but apparently, I was gonna say, don't you think that. It's just like a like a joke now. Like every week he does it. Yeah. I, I mean and yeah, I, I mean honestly it's you're right. Yeah, his it's not, birthday probably not even worth commenting on. His birthday was a joke. <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything yet. Maybe you'll get me to say something before we end this, but not yet. So as far as I'm concerned, there's not much else to talk about other than I'm glad we took a minute to, to praise Daniel Bryan's promo skills. Excellent. I have one. I have one New York positive note. Mm-hmm. So not to start it on a negative note. Last week, Mr. Pastry Jr. You said something about you know starting the first Wednesday in October NXT despite the what they did to your heart in early 2015, they're maybe the late enemy. 14. <laughs> that yeah yeah that they're they're the enemy now. Mm-hmm. So, a couple years ago when this podcast started, we gave NXT all this credit when you think of, like, you know, the the lower card, the mid card, the tag team, and how, like, everyone's, like, one person in each match came from NXT. And then it's, like, a couple months later, wow, the main event, someone's from NXT everywhere. And then it's, like, a full show. And then it's a full pay-per-view. Then it's a full WrestleMania pay-per-view. Every match, except one legend match, has people from NXT. And NXT really has a place. NXT really matters. So for weeks, NXT, or um, for weeks, you know, you've been talking about NXT and where they're at. NXT obviously matters. NXT is going to be on live TV. It's great. So there's been rumors that 205 Live, I mean, I haven't been in the sheets heavy, but is 205 Live being canceled? Is it not? Um, are, there's a rumor that they're all going to migrate to NXT because they're going to be on TV to fill two hours. Yeah. Thoughts on that, if that's happening, and good idea, bad idea. Obviously, 
you know, I think we're all kind of in the same spot where, hey, you know, we hear from such and such, there was a good match on NXT, let's go watch it. So you go watch it. Wow, that match, when it may be a three-match show, that was really good. That was worth watching. It was worth, worth fast-forwarding to. Does anyone know anything on 205 Live? I mean, I don't know any news. I think it's a good idea, if only because if they're filling two hours of live TV time every week, yeah, I guess the more talent you have at your disposal and the more diversity of talent you have at your disposal, the better. Uh, and not to mention, how many people have really been watching 205 Live anyway? So why not? So another thing we've always talked about, and I'm, I'm going to freaking keep merging NXT and 205 Live into this like subcategory. People have been talking about, you know, WWE is always referred to NXT as developmental. Come October this year, it's not developmental no more. It's it's the third brand. You can't call it the developmental anymore. Um, I think the closest thing WWE has to developmental is 205 Live and strictly 205 Live. So you could call it a, a failing brand, this and that. But I, I, um, I was leaving work yesterday and 205 Live's um, Twitter account Someone retweeted something that he tweeted, and it says, show them how it's done, boys. Hashtag uh, SD Live, King of the Ring, 205 Live, and it was Ali versus Buddy Murphy. Both guys, former Cruiserweight champions, both guys in the 2016 Cruiserweight Classic. So I actually started thinking about it, and if you would have asked me a couple months ago, I would say, wow, like it, it, it is such a waste despite whether your opinion if it's a cool belt this or that these guys like you know the guys we got to see at house of hardcore before they were signed this and that and you know them getting an opportunity but there were so many guys they didn't use and i i look back on it more than more than 50 percent from the bracket got signed more than 50 percent of the bracket had matches on raw and smackdown and then if you look at how many people on there are either on pay-per-views or out of there, I think 205 Live is the closest thing they got to developmental. So I don't. I think it's a good thing that if it does merge with NXT, but what do you think they should do with the Cruiserweight title? Do they demolish that, or is there a Cruiserweight division now in NXT? I would say the Cruiserweight division would then be in NXT. I don't think they should do away with the division, but I don't think it needs its own show anymore. I agree. I, I think, that, like, I tried watching yesterday, and I think because there's so many faces on there that I don't recognize. Yeah, I, and, like, the main event was uh, um, Prep's going to have to help me with the name. Who's the Spanish guy they're pushing to the top? I'm, I want to say a name. Humberto Carrillo. So, <laughs> Humberto. That was my white. That was my white way of saying it. <laughs> hey, hey, go ahead. So, Umberto goes up again. Who? who uh, Oni Lorcan. Oni Lorcan's originally from NXT, not 205 Live, correct? Or yes. was, was, he, was he in the Cruiserweight Classic? I don't think so. Former CZW champion. So, Oni Lorcan, a guy that, you know, got a rub in NXT, goes to 205 Live, like Buddy Murphy did, gets that rub, and then... I don't know. I just think overall, when you look at it, I think in a way, you can never look at it like. I think if you look back at WCW, like one of their achievements was the cruiserweight division. WWF had a light heavyweight division. That was a failure. I think this genre of the cruiserweight 
division, similar to WCW, because of the stars it's making, I think it, it, it should always be looked at as something positive. Yeah, I think like the there's a wealth of talent in that division. I just like to me NXT was like a selling point for having WWE network. But now that NXT is on TV, like I don't think 205 Live is a selling point for the network. So, solid point. Solid point. Yeah, I I agree and I mean I, I can't even argue that cuz I just said like I just watched the episode yesterday <laughs> and it, it didn't I'll be honest, the only reason I actually watched it, it was hours after SmackDown. I got done a run, and I'm sitting there, and I saw that tweet. I screenshot the tweet because I was like, I'm going to bring that up on the show tomorrow. And I was like, okay, well, let me see. Because I remember, like, the street fights Akira Tozawa and Brian Kendrick had. I remember, like, number one contender, Fatal Five Ways on 205 Live. That were amazing. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping we would get stuff like that. It wasn't a terrible show. I'm sure the wrestling was really good. But being attached to, you know, Kira Tozawa had a character because of Titus Worldwide. Kendrick had a character from the past. Multi-man matches, you, you had a character that you, I'm invested in, Tony Nese from House Hardcore. So there was those investments. And then the main event last night, I, there was no investment in these characters, at least to me. Yeah, I think you have to be like the hardest of hardcore fans to care. Prep, were you going to say something? I mean, you kind of shit on my point. I think, <laughs> like, the, <laughs> I was going to say prep is that guy, but the network is kind of like, like for hardcore, you need a draw for the network. Like, the the network has nothing but pay per views now. When they take NXT off and the original programming, nobody gives a shit about. So maybe if you put two hundred five, like if you give two hundred five live that push that NXT got on the network. Like maybe it actually becomes something. If you think about it, like they don't even talk about two hundred five live anymore. It's like they don't even want it to succeed. So that's on them. So your point basically it, is there's a void that NXT is leaving that they could position two hundred five live to fill if they handled it properly. Exactly. Yeah. And to X point, like it could be considered developmental because we've seen a lot of guys come through there, and now they are. In more prominent positions, or they're yeah. like working their way towards more prominent. And they need positions. developmental, like and, and, like, like NXT. Like, it isn't all. I'm sorry, Eck, but NXT isn't all like indie stars. There are people who are, are having their first wrestling matches on these shows around Florida. So you're gonna need a device to kind of work them in. And NXT on USA ain't it. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. So I think, and you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the mark myself. Um, if you think back to the early NXT takeovers, those were on Wednesday nights, where the weekly NXT TV was. So maybe if like two or five live could have a more focal point, like once a month something matters, or maybe every other week something matters. Like they do a lot of number one contendership on on their on their weekly program. But my issue is like, all right, here, look, you win this match, you win this match, you're gonna get this, t- you're gonna get this title match, this pay per view, and I understand the pre show. WWE think, Pash, you you might not know this, WWE thinks the pre show matters. <laughs> they swear to Christmas that it matters. But what they do is they hype up in these backstage segments with Drake Maverick that you're gonna get a match at the pay per view. They don't get a match at the pay per view. 
and it's one of the they get one in the pre-show or in the pay-per-view. It's the fucking pre-show. It doesn't matter. So instead of having these title matches on the pre-show of these pay-per-views, I think they should give more cruiserweight championship matches on to a five live because. Prep as a diehard fan, me somewhere in the middle, you as someone that w- is like scratching your head all the time, like, why do I still watch this? <laughs> there's there's no reason for any of the three of us, like Prep as a, a fresh dad on the scene, he's like, man, uh, you know, five hours regular weekly programming, uh, pre-recorded NXT for an hour, do I want to try to watch that six hours? And you get like a seven-hour pay-per-view once a month. But if it's live and they're telling you there's a title match, any of the three of us might be a little more enticed to watch. You slightly more enticed. Me, I'm scratching my head. I might. I'll probably put it on. Well, you might love an accolade, so you'd probably be in. Yeah, and Prep is a diehard. He'll probably be in. But when there is just three matches that are two guys that weigh two hundred and five pounds or less having a match, why turn on? You Unless, would think Pash will be more inclined to watch it because he's you would think one sixty now. <laughs> Young Cruiser, great himself. So I weighed my after eating like pasta every day for like the last fourteen days. I managed to somehow only gain a pound, so I was one seventy eight point four today. So I definitely am still eligible for the cruiserweight division. Maybe that's what gets two hundred five live on the map. Is if I officially enter the two hundred five live roster. Look, just like the hunt for Pat Patterson, save us, RPJ. <laughs> I'll, I'll do I mis- my best. messed up the letters. <laughs> um, last thing I have from – that's actually an interesting discussion. I'm glad you brought it up because you guys did at least sell me on the idea that there is some potential for 205 Live that really wasn't there before. Like it could become the crown jewel programming for strictly the network. So I think there's something there. Uh, Orton with the revival. We don't have to talk like at length about that. I just want to know how you guys feel about his work with the revival. Uh, I love it. I think Randy's been a one lately. I love the revival. Um, there's three tag teams in WWE that matter. Someone argue with me and it, it could be the, the Cerveza is kicking my tail. It's <laughs> the new day. They've been around for a while. The Uso has been around for longer uh, both those teams are great, but the best team in WWE is probably the Revival. Some could argue in wrestling period, the Revival's phenomenal. Yeah, they're great, and I actually and, and think... you you mesh them those sorry to cut you off. You mesh those two young studs, you can almost <laughs> say those old school wrestling tribute with Randy Orton, who I know how you feel, but he he stands the test of time. Uh, years from now he'll retire years from now he'll go down as one of the greats due to his accolades and he's done better than his two protecessing uh relatives uh, i mean right now the three of them together there, there's no reason to pull them apart they could almost just keep pushing them together a little closer yeah i think it's an excellent pairing prep any thoughts on randy orton with the revival i would not let you talk bad about this because it's so good <laughs> And surprisingly, I have nothing bad to say. I, th- I think it has been good. I think it's been, it's been a, a good, uh, it's been a good thing for Randy. I think it's been a good thing. Like it's raised their profile more than it's probably been in a long time. 
And I, yeah, I see no reason for them to stop doing it. And I like what, like, I really like their interaction with the New Day. Like, I think they're, like, good contrasts to each other. And I think this will help Kofi Kingston as champion even more. Or I hope so, anyway. Yeah. Um, Eck, you said you had one more thing? I did. Um, if, if we don't have anything else, I think, you know, one little sprinkle, uh, not, not the full card. I think the four, three, whatever the main matches for AEW, I think we should all just give our predictions on. All right. You so I'll just introduce each one. Sure. I'll go first with the, uh, AAA tag title ladder match. The Lucha Hermanos, Lucha Brothers, Pentagon, Ray Phoenix versus Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. I think, I think there's no way that the Young Bucks do the J-O-B on this show. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Young Bucks also. I, I'm i glad I'm going to be different. I've, I'm going to give it to the Lucha Brothers. Um, I'm going to be disappointed as like a background fan because if they're just burying these guys, I don't think it's a good look. Um, they're not the AEW tag titles. These are triple a tag belts that i don't know how long they keep other promotion titles relevant or in this brand uh, i think the lucha brothers got to win this plus as a uh, very fair weather uh wrestling fan uh i, I uh, my boy raul's got a little interest in this because he thinks already he's like this this company's not even getting these max wrestlers uh any credit just like wwe so i'm, <laughs> I'm hoping that ain't the case so you're hoping that he gets so, sold uh, on it yeah, yeah, and and you just think of how often like Rey Mysterio has lost in the last year. It's like, eh, geez, these masked guys don't really win. Yeah. Uh, moving up the card, um, Cody, don't call him Rhodes, uh, Sean versus Sean Spears. Sean Spears. I I don't think I think Cody's the one dude that's like, yeah, I could take an L on this show. I'm hoping the Bucks feel the same way. um, Cash, I'm gonna go Cody. I'm gonna go Cody as well. Jeez, I would like it if Sean Spears won. I want that on the record, but I'm gonna yeah, me too, because I want this Tully Sean relationship to really matter. And Jericho and Cody, or Jericho, really put over Sean in an interview recently. Um. My gut just sells Cody because like he's like one of my favorite all around wrestlers between <laughs> every company. So I gotta say that, but yeah, like Pastor said, for the records, like I am not mad. Like as long as the match is entertaining, there's gonna be some outside shenanigans. As long as I'm entertained, I'm cool. Um, Sean Spears has my favorite forty second match of all time. what's it what is it? Him versus AJ Styles on on SmackDown. <laughs> it was like forty seconds and it was so it was so good. Yeah. Uh, before I jump to the upper card, two matches. Um, they're going back to double or nothing with the uh, ca- Casino Battle Royal. Only reason I'm bringing this up as an accolade mark. Um, the winner of this match becomes number one contender. Will be in the defining match for the AEW Women's Championship. So far confirmed, it's the uh, Casino Battle Royal. So it's supposed to be 21 people. Um, it's going to be Brandy Rhodes, Allie. Yuka Sakazaki. I'm gonna be. Sakazaki. I'm gonna botch. I'm gonna botch a name or two. Nyla Rose, Britt Baker, Teal Piper, daughter of Roddy Piper, 
Jazz, Ivelisse from Lucha Underground, Big Swole, Sadie Gibbs, not Sadie Jade, <laughs> and multiple, multiple, multiple unknown names. Um, I guess just in like a, you know, also I love Battle Royals. If you guys want to give a prediction slash a dark horse. So Jungle Girl is not in this? Not listed. I don't even know who Jungle Girl is. It's not. What was is that it? Jungle Boy? No. No, we watched her in the Apache's India. Uh, okay. <laughs> she could be. Is that your dark horse? That would that would be my dark horse. That's who I'd be rooting for to win, yes. But prep of the actual contenders, who do you think is going to win? Uh, my dark horse is Nyla Rose because I think they're trying to push like like they want to push her. Um, but I think I think that the first champ is Britt Baker, no doubt. It's the same, yeah. It's... I, I I got two names in here, and I almost that's who I would like think the match is going to be between. Um, I feel like because because Awesome Kong's not listed, I feel like she helps Brandy win, and then I feel like Britt Baker's the dark horse. I, I wish I. Uh, my dark horse on who I would want to win. I like Eva Lee, and I enjoyed her work in Lucha Underground from what I watched. So that's my dark horse. But I think Britt Breaker wins. No brainer, right? Yeah. Uh, moving up the card, uh, Pac replacing Moxley, challenging Kenny Omega. Big match, Ken. Come on, my favorite wrestler. It's not the king of the cruiserweights. Mm-mm. My favorite wrestler, Kenny Omega. Come on. Only cruiserweight you support is you and Nice. I, I respect that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my only two. <laughs> I guess my pick my pick is uh, I think Neville refuses to lose. So I think so, Neville wins. I, I know that detail, uh, but I'm still going to go Omega. Uh, well, he doesn't but, have the title anymore, and that oh, was like his big push not yeah. to lose. So if he's titleless, yeah, Pac's going to take the loss. Come back and maybe bury Hangman, maybe bury Moxie, somebody. But yeah, <laughs> I, I think Pac takes the loss. So, moving on to the main event, the biggest and most important match, the AEW World Championship. Hangman Adam Page versus Y2J Chris Jericho, the Ayatollah of Rock and Roller, 10-time Intercontinental Champion. You guys could both go before me on this one. Because I, I right. honestly have to think about this a little bit. Um, right, since, so. I, since, since I've read the card and I'm uh, past wants to go last, I'm going to start. Um, I love both guys. Uh, it's about a year ago since I bought and drank beers with Hangman Page. Swig for the working fathers in the podcast. Uh, yes. But, um, <laughs> I Two cheap disclaimers. I hope I get a good match. Did the middle finger on purpose. Mm -hmm. Uh, I hope I get a good match, and I hope it's entertaining. I don't care who wins in that case, but I'm going to give it to Jericho. Because for everyone that ever liked wrestling, doesn't watch this, is no longer a wrestling fan, if they heard of this event, and they don't watch All Out. And come Monday morning, they hear Chris Jericho is the first world champion. It sounds a lot better than Hangman Adam Page one. Because they don't know who that is. Right. Prep? 
I give it to Jericho. So, as much as I would love for Hangman to win, uh, like X said, one of my favorite wrestlers like this year, just for the simple fact of like the conversation that we had a year ago, the time he took to like, like usually like I'd buy like I buy the best friends beer every time I see them. Like, I buy Trent and Chucky e. T a beer every time I see them. And, like, it's like, oh, thanks so much. You're enjoying the show. And that's it. But, like, Hangman took the time to, like, complain about him not wearing shoes and how, like, <laughs> he was kind of getting used to it, but he is ready to put his boots back on. Like, like I have, like, a sentimental, a sentimental like, favoritism towards him. But, like, the business aspect, aspect of me agrees with Eck that, like, Jericho needs to win uh it just looks better like coming out of the event and saying like yeah jericho is the champ um but i I do i do kind of hope the hangman wins that's my last point like yeah like i said i mean as long as the match is good i i I don't care like i'll be happy either way as long as i'm entertained really good match there's a one two three or a tap out and then boom you get that big chunky belt up in the air. I'm happy, but what will be, be stiff too. What <laughs> will be the best is if we get a five star classic and then Jericho's holding the belt. Pass. So Talk to him, kid. <laughs> so for me, this is another one that I'm torn on because, like, obviously Jericho, my personal favorite. For me, he is the number one greatest of all time. He's one of the reasons I am so sold on AEW, and I thoroughly have loved everything he's done since he's moved on from WWE. Uh, There's just part of me that feels like two things. One, Jericho winning the title is like the obvious outcome that like everybody would assume. And like, I really think like am I overstating it by thinking Hangman Page is like the future of this company? I don't think you're overstating it. No. Like that there's a chance he could be the marquee guy in this company in 5 years or like they they I, might want him to be. Prep, prep and I are hoping that for sure. So if that's the case, like what better way to put him on the map than have him beat Chris Jericho on this huge show on this huge platform? As but, much as that interaction meant with Prep, it meant the same to me, if not more. It was great. This guy, Prep also introduced me to him. Tip of the hat to the good <laughs> brother, Prep. But uh, his in-ring ability is phenomenal. I mean, he does stuff that just it do- doesn't add up. It's like 2 plus 2 equals 4, and then you do the math with him, it's 2 plus 2 equals 5, because that's how good he is in the ring. So, yes, I would love him to be that guy, but there's a sick, pessimistic part in the back of my head to say... What if he's not the guy? Should he be the first world champion in this company that, as much as they don't want to compete with WWE, this company that's going to compete with WWE, give it to Jericho. He's been there. It makes the most sense. And I'll be the first one to send the group text. He's the first guy to hold the WCW title, the WWE title, and the AEW title. <laughs> Prep. I also think that like it's one of those things like Hangman has so much time to – like be champion that like right now if he doesn't win like i'm not going to be so hurt about it so here's what the deciding factor is in me making my decision i think if 
Hangman is going to be that guy, if they want him to be that guy, if they're going to push him in the direction of being that guy, I think you make him a bigger star by allowing people watch him chase that title as opposed to just be that established champion. So for that reason, I think Jericho wins, and then I think we get to eventually see, like, Hangman Page, his journey towards being that guy. And I I think that's the smarter way to do it, the better way to do it, and that's why I'm going to go with Jericho. Intelligence would be Jericho wins. Jericho dethrones a few other people on the way, beats a challenger or two, and then eventually Hangman can work his way there. I agree. I love it. I would be remiss if I didn't say, like, the whole thing with Jericho talking about all of this is possible because of me. Like, you're welcome. <laughs> Basically, like, I, I, have, I have given all of this to you. I think it makes it perfect for him to be the first champion because he could be like, see, I am the greatest. I am the GOAT. You know, first champion, first one to be all of these champions and all of these different promotions. I just think it makes too much sense to to have him be it for those reasons so i'm going with jericho as well tip of the cap my friend good choice pash i have one are, are we done with aw i think yeah we can go in any I direction have, it, it, look, it, it actually sounds like we're all out <laughs> cool. i have like one quick question for you yeah. because i'm not going to Obviously, you're not on YBE tomorrow, so I just want to get your thoughts on this <laughs> okay. real quick. And Eck, if you have any thoughts on this too, I could. I'll I need an that. excuse to piss, but go ahead. <laughs> so, um, it was announced that Andy Ruiz versus Anthony Joshua is going to take place in Saudi Arabia later this year. Now, watching WWE for. As many years as we have been now, you know, they had to deal with Saudi Arabia and it's been like such a problem. Everybody's complaining, you know, there's there's shows made about it. There's a dude like who had that like whole commentary like that that WWE ended up like extending an invitation John Oliver to like yes. <laughs> John Oliver, whatever his name is. I don't I don't know. But um but like Anthony Joshua and Andy Ruiz go over there and like you don't hear a peep about it, which makes me think that, like, it's just re- like I understand the problem with the whole Saudi Arabia thing, but like me in my head, I'm like, oh, it's just wrestling fans bitching. Like, what are your thoughts? Because like this is such, this is probably like a bigger thing than like a wrestling show, and like you don't hear anything about it. I think I my my feeling on it is the reason why it's such a different reaction is because with boxing there's no like target that you can focus on like with WWE you can trash WWE you could trash Vince and like you have those easy targets with boxing it's kind of like like you can't really trash the boxers for just having the fight like they're not the ones who are like making the deal like I I don't think they're really the ones doing it like the promoters are not public faces they're not publicly traded companies they're not like big worldwide brands like WWE is and I think that's why cuz it's like a hard target to shoot at really um 
Like, if the NFL played a game in Saudi Arabia, I think people would go nuts. Or if the NBA played a, a, an exhibition game over there, I think people would go nuts. I just think boxing, it's, like, so hazy of an organization. Like, what even what organization is that belt even in? I couldn't even tell. I know, right. like, Andy Ruiz <laughs> is, like, every heavyweight champion right now. Like... Because you know there's so many different... Yeah. So I, I, I think that's why. Now, don't get me wrong. I do think there is a segment of the loudness around WWE was wrestling fans bitching. But I think there was a lot outside of the wrestling community. And I just think that's why. there's so, It's like a much more easily identifiable like enemy that you could point to. Like WWE and Vince McMahon. Like, or if it was... the I guess the UFC probably doesn't really get blowback either. Well, Dana gets blowback for just about everything he does. Yeah. But I, I think that that's why. Like, do you, do you agree with that, or do you think that it is more so just wrestling fans complaining? I, I'm just with the side that's like, it's just wrestling fans complaining now. And it might be, but, like, that's that's my, my personal view on it. Uh, I have a couple small tidbits, if you guys don't mind. First one Talk being, to him, kid. <laughs> first one being apparently Big Vito came out and trashed the twenty four seven championship, saying that they should just have a television championship and that this silliness is bad and nobody cares about it, whatever. Uh Big Vito, who cares what you have to say about anything? Your opinion doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The 24-7 championship is more relevant than anything you have ever done or ever will do. And nobody cares about your opinion. Speaking of the 24-7 Big Vito from... From WWE minor fame. Yeah. Not Don Vito from, like, Viva La Bam or anything like that. Not Westchester Don Vito. <laughs> no, I knew it wasn't Not that, that Vito. <laughs> He's not even alive. No. Um... The 24-7 championship is different because it is supposed to be just entertainment. The point of it is not to build a match. The point of it is to make people laugh, to make people like us, like, enjoy something goofy here and there. Like, the point of it isn't to build up to a five-star classic match. And I agree because majority of hardcore championship matches weren't five-star classics, but... I do wish we did get more matches that start out as, hey, it's R-Truth versus Shelton Benjamin, and then here comes Charlie Haas interrupting. <laughs> Him complaining about the silliness is rid- Isn't this the same guy who wore a dress? Yes. Did oh, he wear God. a dress? <laughs> yes. I'm done. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. It's like people asking Ryback for an opinion. Like, why does anybody need Ryback's opinion on anything? Well, Ryback uh, just had a match against Dolph Ziggler at SummerSlam. <laughs> well, this leads me into the other thing I wanted to bring up related to the 24-7 championship. A tweet from yesterday from Kevin Owens that I had to share. I have a family. I have three dogs and three cats. I have responsibilities. I can't worry about being rolled up by some dude while I'm dropping my kids off at school or enjoying a lovely night out with my wife. Congrats. Congrats uh, at WWE Maverick, though. Have fun with all of that. 
I love that tweet. I think it's a really uh, funny way to encapsulate what the 24-7 championship is. And perfect by Kevin Owens. Yeah, what a save. <laughs> He's a good explanation. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> uh, but that's everything I have, unless either of you have anything before we uh, say goodbye. I think we just, you know, talked a lot of madness. We did. We talked more madness than I was expecting. Um, I got to tuck Sadie in. Challenge <laughs> accepted. Well, yes. Tell Sadie uh, we said goodnight. Um, subscribe on Give iTunes. Maybe some kisses for me. <laughs> Five-star ratings and reviews for Ek2Fly, Eric Trembicki. For Preptagon Jr., Josh Prep Egina, a.k.a. Daddy Prep. I am Ron Pashery Jr., and we will see you next week. Hop on the top rope, by the land with elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my ball. Shut the mission, man. It ain't safe to land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.